Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Raise Your Confidence and Charisma to Attract More Clients, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. As president and chief financial fitness trainer of the Set Financial Fitness, Tracy educates and empowers entrepreneurs to take control of and live their financial lives with confidence. As a former executive at TD Bank, one of Canada's big five banks, Tracy has worked with and in support of thousands of entrepreneurs to secure the financing they needed to grow their businesses. This hands-on experience, coupled with her formal financial education, Masters of Business Administration, and Chartered Financial Analyst designation, positioned Tracy uniquely to coach entrepreneurs about all things money. Tracy leads speaking engagements and is the executive producer and host of the Young Money Podcast, all focused on increasing financial fitness. Tracy was recently named a finalist for the IFSC Institute Award for Financial Literacy Champion throughout the Wealth Professional Awards 2020 and a Worldwide Finance Awards 2020 winner. So Tracy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Candy. I'm really excited to be here with you today. I think this is definitely an important topic to discuss. I mean, at any time, really, financial literacy is important, but especially now with everything that's going on in the world. So I'm so glad we're going to be chatting today. But first of all, what I would really love for you to do is just give a little bit more background about yourself and how you got involved with financial literacy. Absolutely. And so it goes way back to my childhood. Um, And I realized at a very young age that I liked money. I, Mm -hmm. at the age of six or seven, I wanted to go to the corner store every day. And when I would go ask my mom for money about one day a week, she would say yes. And the rest of the day she said, no, we don't have money for that. And so I realized if I wanted to go to the store, I had to find out a way to get some money. So I used to have little lemonade stands. I would have dance lessons for other kids in the neighborhood. I had a little newspaper in my neighborhood. And so I learned really quickly that money was powerful. And if you could get it, you could use it to get things that you wanted, whether things or experiences. Mm -hmm. So I didn't process it quite so eloquently when I was seven years old, but it really always stuck with me. And I was involved with junior achievement in um, junior high and high school. And that really opened my eyes to a lot of things around money and the way business works. Went on to business school and then uh, started working at a bank. And then I realized, you know, I, I understand money quite well and I wanted to help people. 
So most of my volunteer efforts are actually related to young people and helping kind of take the mystery out of it. And then I was doing it in my career when I was working with entrepreneurs, just trying to make sense of it and break it into really simple terms. And money is one of those things that permeates every area of your life. So if it's not going according to plan, you're going to be stressed. You won't be sleeping. It's going to affect your health, maybe your relationships. And Mm -hmm. so whenever I can, I'm always trying to um, help people understand one more thing than they knew yesterday. Right. So important. It's funny you mentioned junior achievement. Actually, I was in junior achievement too in uh, high school. I was in two different sessions. And looking back, it's kind of funny how I didn't intend to be a business owner, but I was treasurer one year and president of the other. So here I am now running a company and needed <laughs> that background too. So inter- interesting little shared history there, I guess. Um, but I really would like to really start to dig into this topic and really just understanding you know, where people maybe make some of these mistakes. And, you know, I would love for you to start with what do you feel the biggest mistakes are that you see entrepreneurs making when it comes to their finances? Uh, so the first one is that they just ignore it altogether. They, hmm. they, they don't look at it. They don't think they need to take um, any accountability for that piece of their business. So that's mistake number one. Um, the ones who feel they're making a little bit more progress, I see they hire a bookkeeper, an accountant, and they just pass everything over and they completely delegate accountability and responsibility. So that I would say that's mistake number two, uh, because whether or not you're doing all those day-to-day things, and I don't think entrepreneurs should do their own bookkeeping, mm-hmm. and certainly they do need an accountant, um, but they do need to own the results and they need to understand them so they can start moving ahead to hit their goals. Uh, probably the third one I see most often with the clients that I coach is that they're not pricing their products and services properly. And so they're losing money. And as a result, they're not able to get a consistent paycheck from their business. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I actually think I have seen because we're actually, you know, in the bookkeeping arena mm-hmm. and talking, you know, you're talking exactly about things we see. There are times we have people who finally, you know, come to us and they've never really looked at anything. They just say, you know, oh, well, I just know at the end of the year if I made money or not, but they really don't look at at that at all. Or if they do, and we've tried to send financial reports, um, and there's many times I would say, if you want to sit down and review this information, you know, but of course there's an extra cost for that. And so many people will just be like, oh, no, never mind. I just need it for the CPA and don't really want to <laughs> look at the numbers and understand them. And, uh, and I agree that pricing is a huge issue as well. So I think everything that you have mentioned, I have actually seen that, yes, it's very true. And we really want to educate our business owners. I understand sometimes they're busy or sometimes they don't necessarily think that, you know, they should have to pay extra to really have a sit down, go over and learn. But I hope that this conversation today will open some of their eyes to see, you know, how valuable the information truly is. So, First of all, let's start talking about some of the tools that might be needed to really understand their financial position, you know, uh, talk about the costs and profits like you were just mentioning about pricing. And, you know, let's talk about how they can really make money in their business. So let's start with just what are the tools, first of all? Well, the very first thing you need to have is access to up-to-date financial information, which speaks to the importance of bookkeeping and that it be done accurately and it be done timely. And so you do need monthly access to your numbers. And then it's not only just having access to them, you do need to sit down and review them. And Mm -hmm. if it's something you haven't done before, you're absolutely going to need some education piece to get you started with that. Um, 
if you're a smaller company, you're not yet uh, using a bookkeeper, Excel works just fine for, for littler companies and where there's just a few transactions. And so I don't think you need a lot of fancy tools. It's more around your mindset uh, coming to it and actually starting to learn what the different pieces mean. Uh, it's also your curiosity and being willing to ask questions. You absolutely don't know if they're the right questions or what the answers are to them. So um, having your numbers, looking at them regularly, and then having a, a network where you can reach out and get your questions answered and um, what you were talking about with your service. I think that's phenomenal. And I wish more entrepreneurs would take advantage of that kind of opportunity to sit down and have those regular discussions. Um, because until you understand the numbers, you can't assess that profitability to see if you're making money on everything that you sell. And then it's really hard to hit growth goals. Uh, if you're losing money and you start scaling your business, all of a sudden the losses just magnify. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I actually had a client that we were helping uh, he came to us about two years ago or so, and he said, you know, my business is growing, you know, exponentially. We realize we need some outside help. You know, they had two full-time bookkeepers actually on staff, but they needed someone to kind of review and just guide them and answer some questions, uh, which was, you know, great that they acknowledged that as well. And I actually did an analysis for them for over like five years from the time they were kind of at a $3 million, you know, revenue, and they were expecting to hit like 10 million or even more in this particular year. But when we did that analysis, and I went back to him and I said, Do you know that your most profitable year was actually one of your very early years, look at what your, you know, revenue was at the end, your net profit. At the end of that year, it was like 13%. And when he'd grown so large, you know, I think it was like 2%. And I said, it's not the number that you're getting at the top, it's what you, you know, keep from it. And so it was eye opening for them to see because they came to me saying, we know we're making money, but we're not sure where it's going. And I think that was something super helpful for them. So you're right, just really looking at the numbers, not just thinking like, oh, we're making money, but it's what do you have at the end? Yeah, and I'm so glad that you said that it's like, if somebody's going to focus on one number alone, I'd rather you focus on the bottom line on that profit mm -hmm. uh, versus the top line. Uh, a lot of people think that growth and scale is going to solve any problems, but little money problems turn into big money problems if you don't That's correct the so underlying true. issue. <laughs> That's so true. I think sometimes why people maybe are afraid to come and just ask for help to really understand that is because they think they're just going to be seen as, you know, not very smart when it comes to this. And really, oftentimes, it's they just haven't been exposed to really understanding what those numbers are, what makes them up, you know, what do they represent um, but I think there's a fear around it and they don't want to seem, you know, like uneducated or something. And I try to tell people, you know, I went to school for this. This is my expertise. I'm really good at this. If I had to create a website, I wouldn't be good at it and I would have to ask for help. So it's okay to ask those questions, right? Absolutely. And um, whoever is starting their business, they do it because they're passionate and they excel at something. And it's usually not um, bookkeeping or finance related things. I mean, I had a long career in banking and I was an expert at about three things at the bank, go to start my own business. And all of a sudden you're wearing 50 hats and mm -hmm. I have to ask for a lot of help. I don't know how to do all of these things. I do know how to manage cash flow and, and read my financial statements. But I, as you were saying, I don't know how to make a website. I don't know how to use all these different social media channels. And so everybody has learning curves on something and just accepting that, there's no way for you to know everything and, and education is part of the journey as an entrepreneur. 
Right. So if you're going to talk to someone about really looking at, you know, what are their costs and what are their profits, you know, what would you tell someone? So I would say, let's keep it simple. Let's get out a piece of paper and we're just going to do it with pen and paper. So we want to think from the bottom up for every product or service that you deliver, how much does it cost to make it or deliver it? And let's go through all the items. Um, interestingly enough, I'm spending the summer in Nova Scotia because I'm a Canadian. Um, I live in Ontario, normally in Toronto, uh, but my niece has been around and she's been making these beaded bracelets. So I was trying to teach her the basics. So if we just think about a bracelet, we've got mm-hmm. to get the elastic, we've got to get the beads, we have to get some uh, scissors, we've got to factor in her time. So if you just think about what whoever's listening, whatever your business is, um, think about all those things that go into it. And especially if it's a service-based business, I find entrepreneurs typically overlook how much their time costs mm-hmm. as, as or their employees' time. So think about that, get those numbers together. Now let's talk about what are the things, and those are the things you have to pay for um, when you sell something. Now let's think about the things you've got to pay for, whether or not you sell anything, like potentially your rent, your internet, your utilities. And if we can notionally assign some percentage that corresponds with the sales uh, to cover that, and then we may tack on some profit margin. That's looking at it from your perspective as the business owner. Now we have to take a look at that number and compare it to our survey of the market and what will the market bear in terms of the pricing and see if there's alignment. Mm -hmm. If all of a sudden we can't charge as much as we thought we were going to, does this business make sense for us? In some businesses, there is going to be some element of scale. And when you do hit a certain um, level quantity sold, um, you're going to be able to um, make a profit. Others, if it doesn't make it on on one unit, then it, it's not going to make it as you scale. So um, bottom up, then looking top down for what will the market bear and doing that comparison and see if it's viable. Um, just to throw it in here, um, business plans are super important when you're starting a business. And I think any time spent validating your idea and making sure that your idea, your cost to deliver it aligns with what the market will pay is time well spent before you start spending any of your time and money starting that business. Right. And I think what you're talking about looking at everything that goes into the price is so important. That's one thing when I, you know, I'm advising clients on different issues too, and looking at their pricing, it's not just the cost of the things going into the product you're making, but you do have to look at the other overhead that you do have to cover. And I think that's where sometimes people miss calculating the true cost of running their business and selling that product because they're not counting in the insurance or the rent or the utilities or things they're looking at. I buy this much raw material. I make this, I want to charge, you know, double my cost and then they end up in trouble. For sure. Yep. And so I know again, pricing is one of the main things I know we have probably just about a minute or so before we're going to hit our first break, but is there anything else in regards to that topic that you want to cover um, regarding really analyzing their information? I just can't reinforce enough how valuable spending that time up front is. I know people, when they start their businesses, they want to get going as quickly as possible, but validate the idea. If it's not going to be profitable from a pricing standpoint, pivot your idea. Can you offer more value? Can you target a different client base? And so do that hard work up front so that when you do start that business, you know that you're going to be making money and getting a consistent paycheck. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. It's so important. Like I said, it's, I, I see so many people that haven't had the chance to really think through those numbers and then they come to us and they're kind of struggling or they're a bit in trouble. So like you said, if you can look at that up front before you ever get into it, that's ideal. Actually, we are at break time. So when we come back, we're going to continue to chat with Tracy about your cash control, knowing your numbers, protecting your business, and growing for the future. You're listening to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Biz Help For You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to Biz Help For You. Welcome back to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Tracy Bissett told us about her background and how she got into cash control, knowing, protecting, and growing your business for the future. Now, let's continue our discussion. So, Tracy, I would love for you to just explain how someone can effectively analyze their financial statements and discover what lenders are actually care about. That's a, a great one, Candy. So it's important to, number one, look at those financial statements. And the ones that I'm talking about are your, your income statement, also called a profit and loss, P&L, you might call it, where we have all of our sales and all our expenses for a given time frame. And then we have our balance sheet that has all of the things that we own, our assets, and all of the people we owe money to, and any equity uh, that we've built up in the business. Um, so one thing I always encourage clients that I'm coaching to think about is think about how somebody from a different perspective, a stakeholder group would view your financial statements. And so if we think about your suppliers and your employees, the number one thing they're worried about is getting paid on time. And Mm -hmm. so that falls into the liquidity. Do we have enough cash? 
um, bucket of ratios. And so if you're just getting started looking at your financial statements, certainly you can look up the ratios and, and uh, we're going to take a look at how that looks. Um, if we're talking about trying to go to the bank and get a loan, maybe we want to get a mortgage on the building uh, where our business is based. They're going to be more concerned about how much money have we made over the years? Do we have a historical track record that we can repay the loan? And so they're looking at for a history of profitability could we pay this money back over a certain period of time? And so that's a little bit different lens or a perspective. Uh, I think it's absolutely important to get comfortable with those financial statements so you can start to see those nuances, um, be able to draw some conclusions yourself. I don't think you necessarily need to be an expert, but starting to have that dialogue. Um, and that leads me to knowing what lenders care about. I was a banker for many, many years working directly with clients and then in risk management, approving loans for customers of all different sizes and their businesses across Canada, all different industries. And one of the things that really matters is the competency and the capability, the credibility of management. And so when somebody comes to the bank to apply for a loan and they're not able to speak about their financial statements at all, um, that can be sometimes a red flag. And so um, you want people who understand, they don't need to know all the details. They should have a view on their cash flow forecast for the future. What needs are they going to have when it comes to um, credit facilities? And all of that bodes well in your relationship um, building with a bank and, and having a trusted relationship that you can rely on with a lender. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important as well. Like you said, having that relationship with someone, you know, when you have, you know, built up with them over time where they've seen kind of what's happening with your business too, they're able to help you if you have questions, you know, but if you don't have a relationship at all and you just go to apply, you know, they're not going to necessarily know how capable you are. And so I think definitely have a relationship with someone, find a business bank, you know, where you can actually have that dedicated person, I think I would I really encourage that as well. I'm sure you would too. Absolutely. And I um, advise the clients that I work with to really think about the relationship. They're not your best friend. You don't go there crying in their office, even if that's how you feel sometimes. You're going to have a professional, um, mutual trusting professional relationship you're going to share your plans for your business you do need to be able to have conversations especially if things didn't go well in the past what did you learn from that why is that not going to happen again and you can't keep them in the dark you do need to let them know if some trouble is coming ahead I remember as an account manager um, clients who came to me one week two weeks a month in advance and said you know Tracy we're going to have a cash flow shortage in a month um, we need to um, get an increase to our line of credit or our over draft would you be able to help us with that well great let's talk about the situation do you have a cash flow forecast what's the reason when will you be able to pay us back that usually goes pretty well and that speaks really highly of management that they're forward thinking they're planning they're trying to solve problems well in advance versus a client who wouldn't have that dialogue and then I get to work in the morning and I have to return some checks because they're overdrawn on their limit mm -hmm. um, that, that doesn't go as smoothly and so um, thinking about it intentionally and having a, a positive relationship with that lender Mm -hmm. So true. So I would love to touch on what entrepreneurs are doing right with their money that they might not even realize and give them credit for themselves credit. So can you touch on that too? 
For sure. And uh, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. I love talking about cash flow. And given my experience at the bank, I saw so many businesses um, go out of business in as quick as 90 days if they didn't Mm. have cash flow. And so if anybody who's listening has been in business for more than 90 days, six months, and they've been running uh, their business consistently, they are managing cash flow. So everybody listening should give themselves a pat on the back. You may not be doing it efficiently. You may not talk about it the way that I do, but somehow you are getting it done. And that's what matters. That's the lifeblood of your business. And that's the thing. Um, When I start working with clients, they tell me, I don't know anything. And And I say, if you've been around for five years, you know how to manage cash flow because you're still around. So mm-hmm. uh, I'd like people to, to take that win and then build on that positivity. Right. And if they feel they're not doing it well, that's when they can reach out to another professional and really sit down and look at, you know, maybe where some improvements can be made. Absolutely. You build on the positive because there's obviously money coming in, money's going out. And how can we do it more effectively? How can we maximize uh, how much is coming in and uh, really refine the technique and perhaps take out some of the anxiety and the stress that comes with managing cash flow? Um, I'd like to say that clients come to work with me when everything's going well and they want to increase their financial knowledge just because. Uh, but it's usually because things have hit really a tipping point and they're maxed out on all of their debt they're super stressed they're not sleeping at night they're not sure how they're going to make payroll and we sort things out Um, Mm -hmm. so do it do it when you feel it might be the right time don't necessarily wait for the the that tipping point Um, and uh, you're everyone can take control of their cash flow with a plan Mm -hmm. so true like I said plan that's so important you know so what do entrepreneurs need to do to be accountable So I was mentioning it a little bit when I was talking about those um, mistakes right off the top. As the owner of the business, as the leader of the the business, you have goals that you set for the company. Um, Just like every other area that you're accountable for, you've got to be accountable for the financial piece. And so that doesn't mean you do it alone. You're going to engage the right professionals, a bookkeeper, an accountant, maybe a financial planner, maybe it's a financial coach. You get the support, but at the end of the day, you own those results. You need to direct people to do the things that you want to happen in your business. And you need to use um, the cash and the financial results to help grow your business. Uh, It's very hard to do that and hit your goals without the numbers piece being intertwined. So you've got to be accountable for that. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I have had, you know, people in the past sometimes that are, you know, in like creative industries or something and they'll say, oh, well, I'm just not good at that. You just take care of it for me. And so many times we do want to just be able to sit down and explain to them so they really understand what's happening in the business. And a lot of times they really don't want to. Um, But I did have someone that came to me. She was referred when she got a big hit from the IRS because, (laughs) you know, she, you know, supposedly didn't have any money, but the IRS said, well, you have this much income and you have to pay the tax on it. She's like, but there's no money left. And I had to explain, you know, well, what you're drawing out of the business is considered profit and you do have to pay tax on it. So, you know, we actually sat down and she said, okay, talk to me like I'm five and like explain this to me. And then we had every quarter, you know, a 
a meeting where we went into a really deep dive. We sent her, you know, financial reports. We got her doing her bookkeeping really like every week we actually did and sent her stuff so she would know where she was. But once a quarter, we had a really deep dive and compared, you know, trends and looked at, you know, how did you do in the same quarter last year? What are we thinking you're going to be doing? And she actually learned a lot and could really apply what we had taught her. And so just because someone is creative doesn't mean they can't really sit down and really learn the numbers. And so I still encourage people, like you said, don't just say, oh, well, I have a bookkeeper. They can handle it. Still really try to get in there and learn what you can. Absolutely. And I bet what else she found is she felt more in control. She was thinking more proactively. Her anxiety was lower because those are all of the things that come from getting that that knowledge that you think is unattainable. And mm-hmm. it really is as simple as two minus one is one. Um the numbers get bigger, but the basic concepts are the same. So I do think it is within every entrepreneur's reach if they take the time and they find the right person to help them. Um, Mm -hmm. You need to find the right fit. It's kind of like dating. You need to find somebody who's going to uh, respect you, um, respect where you are, explain things in a way that you get, and it just uh, works better that way. Right. So if someone were to come to you, though, and say, well, you know, I do have a bookkeeper or my CPA files my taxes, you know, I don't really need to know all that. Like, why would you tell them it really is critical for them to know the numbers? I I honestly don't believe you can reach your full potential in your business and hit the goals you want to hit without having an understanding of the cash flow cycle of how all of those financial parts of your business work. Uh, you can't um, come up with strategies that are going to be able to maximize uh, the benefit of that. And, and if not, you're really kind of delegating or deferring your strategies to somebody else who doesn't know your customer base as well as you do, who doesn't know the ins and outs of everything else about the business. So it does really need to come from the leader. And I think if we've learned anything over the last six months, it's that you've got to be on top of your numbers. You've got to be ready for the what ifs. Um, Be prepared. Certainly entrepreneurs who have cash reserves are weathering things a lot easier uh, than those who were already maxed out with debt or who maybe were struggling when things were considered good times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And I think, like you said, Sometimes you said in the past, you know, you wear so many hats and I think part of it is, well, that's just one more thing that I have to worry about because, you know, I'm running my company. I have to be the HR manager. I have to be the marketing person. I have to be the, you know, all these different people. And so the finance is just one more thing. So I could just outsource it, have that professional help me. You know, I've got my reports I could give to the CPA and all is well, you know, but it is so important to really, if they, again, don't really know what they mean, really just have a conversation with that professional to really get educated and really understand where those numbers are coming from. Because then as they're working and they're looking at costs, you know, for things, maybe they can, you know, negotiate some price changes or, or things like that too, you know. So if they really know what's happening and what makes up those numbers, they'll be more conscious of what they're spending or how they might make some changes and you know, how important that really is. Because again, they're in it on the day-to-day basis. For sure. And I work with um, entrepreneurs in all kinds of different industries. So one of the the things I notice when we're looking at um, oil change garages, uh, mobile tire change, those kinds of places, um, typically the margins are super fine and there's not Mm -hmm. a lot of ability to make a lot of profit. But um, the ones who are performing well, they're able to charge like a shop supply fee. 
that kind mm. of packages up and gets some allocation back and some money made from the rags they use or the things that they just deplete in their normal course of doing their work. Um, you, you share that with another business owner and all of a sudden they start making a little bit more money. And it's those um, small consistent actions to watch those margins that can really add up when you aggregate them with all of your sales. Mm-hmm. So it's great to see that it doesn't need to be some monumental shift in your business. It's really around how can I tighten things up? How can I pay more attention um, so that you can make the most out of your business um, and get paid as you want to? Right. Like you said, so true. I actually just saw, I think it was a TEDx presentation, and it was talking about just this little shift can make such a huge difference. And so like you're saying, it doesn't have to be really making everything in the business different. It's finding one thing to start with and applying that and seeing what the effect is. And then what else can you do to maybe increase your revenue or reduce your expenses or, you know, different things like that. So don't feel you have to go in and just make huge changes right away. Just find one thing. Like I said, we talked about pricing earlier. Maybe pricing is the place they start first to see, am I charging correctly? You know, maybe they can then analyze ongoing expenses. And is there anything else that they could reduce to be more profitable or, you know, just really digging in and taking a look at some point to see what is really happening in their business. Yeah, I like to think about it as uh, you're almost being a financial detective. Mm-hmm. And it's only you're finding clues to make your business better. And uh, it sounds a little bit silly, a little bit hokey. Um, but clients, after they start working with me, they, they say, well, you know, I never thought it was going to be fun looking at these mm. numbers. And now <laughs> that I found some savings, right, or not necessarily savings, I found how I can be more profitable it's addictive and I want to make my company even more profitable because I'm the one who, who benefits. And so it's a a positive thing. And so it it can be fun. And I encourage everybody to be financial detectives in their own businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it too. A financial detective, you know, finding those little clues, what, you know, making things happen in your business and figuring out what you could do to fix where something might not be hundred percent, you know, where it could be. That's Mm -hmm. fabulous. So, well, we are just about time to take another break here. So be sure to hang around to hear more from Tracy Bissett of Bissett Financial Fitness on cash control, protecting your business and growing it for the future. We'll be right back after a brief commercial break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Today, I'm chatting with Tracy Bissett of Bissett Financial Fitness. Let's find out a bit more information from her on cash control. So let's go back and talk about how someone really would assess their financial situation. If someone is doing this on their own, especially, can you tell them what they could be doing? Absolutely. So it doesn't have to be complicated. You can start with a piece of paper. You can start with Excel if you don't have an accounting software. Um, But let's add up all of your sales. Let's add up all of your expenses and see what happens when we subtract those two numbers. I mean, that's how we're going to know initially if we're profitable. Certainly won't have all of the accounting concepts in there, but we can get a very rough estimate if things are are working out okay. We need to be sure we're, we're including everything that we pay for. So all the money we take out Uh, and making sure we're reflecting that. Where I like people to take that one step further is to start doing some forecasting for what the future is going to look like, and especially around their cash flow. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times when people are thinking about their sales, um, they're not necessarily thinking about the cash flow implication. And so some businesses, like if we think about event planning, they're going to get a 50% deposit when an event is booked, they're going to get 50% the day of or the day before. So they can plan for that cash. Um, Some other people may get paid 100% before they provide that service or product. And then there's going to be other businesses where they do book the sale, they send out an invoice, the product goes out the door, but they don't get paid for 30, 60 or 90 days. Mm -hmm. So understanding that relationship with how the cash moves and comes in versus the timing of the sales is really critical. And it's usually those cash flow gaps that cause the the troubles in our business and give us anxiety if we can't make payroll or we can't pay our bills, pay our suppliers. So um, from a cash flow perspective, the easiest way to think about it is what money is coming in this week or this month, what, what money is going out and what's that difference. If we've got a shortfall, what are our plans to cover that? Do we have access to a line of credit? Do we have money personally we can put in? Can we try to sell uh, some more products? Can we call some of our customers who didn't pay us yet? And uh, the more we know we might have a challenge, the more um, number of solutions we can come up with so we can actually be proactive and take control of the situation versus it controlling us and us not being able to pay those bills. Mm -hmm. And if someone has never even created a cash flow plan, how would you tell them, you know, let's plan for the next quarter, for instance, what would you tell them to do? So typically people would do it on a monthly basis. If your cash flow is really tight, though, you might do it weekly or even daily. uh, So you'll know how tight your cash flow is. And you're going to just, we're going to do it monthly, we're going to draw three columns on our paper, on the top row going across, we're going to list what we think the inflows, how much money is going to come into our business. It could be from deposits. It could be from collections. What is our best estimate? I always encourage entrepreneurs to be conservative with Mm -hmm. what we think those inflows are going to be. We don't want to plan for our best cash month. We do that when we're forecasting sales and we're incenting salespeople. But from a cash perspective, we want to be conservative. Then we start listing out again in those three columns, all the expenses we have to pay. And here I want entrepreneurs to be 
super aggressive. I want mm-hmm. us to put in every expense we might have to pay um, so that we see kind of the worst case situation. And we can always uh, pull back and not pay all of those, but let's throw them all out there so we can see. And then when we subtract those outflows from the inflows, is the number positive or negative? If it's negative, what are the ways that we can solve this? Maybe mm-hmm. we pay less bills. Maybe we put money in. Maybe we use our line of credit. Maybe we call those people that we didn't for 60 days and say, hey, your, your bill is due. And certainly you can work through a lot of different um, solutions to that kind of issue. Right. Yes, it's so important, you know, for sure to really start looking at that. And that's one of the things I tell people too, when you're planning something, you know, you can create a budget, for instance, I'll be talking about that. And then I'll say, okay, well, then reduce your sales, and then increase your expenses. And then maybe it's a little bit better picture. And if, you know, if that's a little too extreme, well, at least you actually are better off in the long run than thinking Mm -hmm. like, yeah, my sales are going to be this great. And this is how low my expenses are. And then you're caught by surprise. (laughs) So, so yeah, I have that um, conversation with entrepreneurs and they're like, but my sales goal is this. And I said, that's great. And that should be your sales goal. Mm -hmm. But when we're trying to plan for cash flow shortage, we need to see what's realistic. Mm -hmm. You still shoot for that aggressive sales goal, but we want to plan for um, things not to be quite as rosy. That's so true. So once someone sits down, kind of creates what this plan is, how would you tell them to actually implement and use that plan? So I tend to advise clients to do it in Excel. Once you've got it laid out, I encourage clients to have it going out for a six-month period. Mm -hmm. Certainly the sixth month is harder to forecast than one month out from now. Um, But then when you need to make a decision, say you're contemplating um, offering a new product or service. Okay, what would that do to my inflows? What happens to my outflows? Is there going to be some kind of upfront money I need to spend? And is this going to work? Even if you're thinking about hiring an employee, what would that do to my cash flow if I plop this new salary in here? And so you can actually use that kind of framework to make decisions in really five minutes or less because you've already done the work to keep it current. And so you can quickly use it to support your decision making, uh, which is going to take a lot of the stress and the anxiety out of the I'm not sure uh, when you've got to make those calls. Right. Well, what would you tell someone then who says, well, I don't even really know how many customers I'm really going to be getting in. So how do I even determine what my cash inflows are going to be? Great point. And so um, obviously in non-COVID time, I would say, look at what happened for the same period last year. Are things trending kind of similar? If not, are they doing better? Are they doing worse? What's been happening over the last few months? Is it in your normal pattern or do you feel like you've been gaining market share? You have more clients. And so use historical information coupled with what's going on in the economy and the market right now to help you make that kind of decision. And it's an art and a science. There's no Mm -hmm. exact way to do it. So you've got to use your gut, but you're using numbers to help inform that uh, number that you come up with. So what routines or practices around money do you suggest entrepreneurs put in place? Uh, So I think it's highly important, as we've talked about, to have a regular time to meet either with yourself or with important stakeholders in your business to talk about the financial position of the company. Um, For those that are not doing it already, I would suggest at a minimum you're doing that monthly, looking over your financial results. I think weekly is the best frequency because then all of a sudden it's top of mind. You're carving out that time in your calendar, just like you do for marketing, for sales, for operations. And I think that's a really important routine to build in. 
if you've got a partner, you want to be meeting with them. I would say one of those weekly meetings would be probably with your bookkeeper. Um, Maybe quarterly, it's with your accountant. Um, But you're really just building up this new habit and this new routine around paying attention to the details and taking it all in. There's no expectation that you're going to learn everything in the first meeting you have, uh, but you're going to keep building on that. Uh, Sometimes clients tell me the first meeting, they just go online and look at their online banking and say, okay, what are my accounts? What's going on in them? And just getting a little bit comfortable with that piece before they even uh, start tackling the financial statements. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I had thought of like early in the show, but I wanted to make sure we covered you know, a lot of the stuff in relation to business owners, but I just wanted to touch on in a family, you know, a lot of times people will say, you know, I either came from a saving family or a spending family or whatever. But a lot of times when you actually look at the family, the siblings in the family have different ways of looking at money. You know, my brother and I are a good example too. I was always the saver and being careful and he would get his allowance and like blow it right away and then (laughs) kind of try to find my money so he could have that too. So I'd love for you to just touch on a little bit on kind of those dynamics of when you kind of grow up and kind of your experiences and how that might affect you in your finances for your business. Well, your views on money are formed before I think you even have a good grasp on what is money. Uh, I used to do a lot of volunteering with girl guides and uh, the little girls, the four and five-year-olds. I had a five-year-old tell me that money is evil. Mm. So imagine that and imagine what goes on in that household. She probably doesn't actually really know what money does or where it comes from or what it is, but there's probably yelling, there's probably crying, there might be phone calls or letters, doors slamming. Like we can imagine the kinds of things that are happening that makes her feel that way. And that's not going away. That's going to stick with her her whole life until she consciously kind of tackles it. So in my household, we talked about money very openly. My dad was a banker. um, So we, I watched my mom balanced the checkbook. I knew that she got groceries every two weeks. She had a list. If it wasn't really on the list, she didn't buy it because she knew that she wouldn't have enough money to do that. And we had enough money for everything that we needed, but not necessarily just throwing money around for whatever we wanted, like my my trips to the corner store. Um, my brother is probably a little bit more of a spender than I was. Um, I would say at this stage in our lives, though, he's pretty pretty responsible. He's a financial planner. Um, But it's interesting the way um, two children, three children, how everybody comes out a little bit different. And sometimes it's rebelling against whatever's happening in the house. Um, Sometimes it's just adopting it. And so it's really interesting to see how your views are formed. But those instincts and those gut reactions you have when money comes up, they're formed when you're a little kid and they stay with you. Um, So if people are not happy with their reactions and their kind of response to money, I really encourage you, anybody who's listening to just first start observing those gut instincts or reactions. So if every time you get a bill, you feel like a, a sick to your stomach or you feel like you have a pain in your stomach, observe that. Wow, that's interesting. Um, I should do something about that. So let it, let it sit for a bit and then think about, how is it you'd like to approach things? Uh, a couple things that listeners should know is that the, the majority of the population has a scarcity mindset that there's never enough. And so it's perfectly natural if you feel like that. But by certainly focusing on the positive, having gratitude and being very uh, conscious about the things that money can do from a positive standpoint will all help you over time move to this abundance mindset where you don't feel like uh, you're really at the mercy or controlled by it. So that's mm-hmm. the quick, quick answer. 
Yeah, I think for a final comment before I get into, you know, how people can connect with you, I think too, there's, you know, we're sometimes wanting to be cautious or careful just to make sure that we're planning properly for the future. So it doesn't necessarily mean we're totally scared of money per se, but I'm definitely one that really looks at things and is a little more conservative than just, you know, okay, we'll just spend it because money's just going to come no matter what, you know, but I think we just have to balance, you know, that being careful, but not being too scared, thinking there's not going to be enough, you know. Absolutely. So I would love for you just to share if you have, you know, something that the listeners, you know, can get from you in terms of a resource and then how they can connect with you as well. So you've heard me talk about how important it is to have this routine around talking about money and looking at your financials. And so for all the listeners today, I have a money meeting agenda that you can download that will allow you to get started right away. You can download it from cashcoach.biz. So cashcoach.biz and it's a money meeting agenda. So you don't even need to figure out what are you going to do in your meetings. You're going to download it and you can get started right away. And I would love to hear from anybody who's listening today. The best way to contact me is through LinkedIn. So Tracy has an E in it and Bissett has two S's and two T's. So uh, I'd love to hear any comments, questions. So please reach out and connect with me there. Perfect. Did you have a phone number or website or anything you would like to share too? Or is LinkedIn really the best contact for you? That is the best place to get me. Okay, perfect. Any final, you know, last minute piece of advice you want to share right before we get into the end of the show? Uh, I would say that financial fitness is a journey. We are all on it in our individual lives and in our business lives. And as long as we are taking positive steps every day moving forward, we're certainly uh, increasing our financial fitness and we should certainly be kind with ourselves. So if we make a misstep, it's not the end of the world. We can just get back on the, the journey we want to be on. So uh, be patient with your learning and, and um, have kindness for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think I'll just throw in one tip in there too, is if you're in business right now too, and you're a little nervous about, you know, money, but you have kids or whatever too, really start having them learn along with you so they can be comfortable with money as well. So I'm sure you have lots of tips to share with them as well. So I hope that people will reach out to you, get the resources that you are offering. Uh, if you're uncomfortable with, you know, doing what she was talking about, having this plan, reach out, get that resource from her that will help you know what that agenda should be so you can go through your numbers. And I just want to thank you, Tracy, for being a guest on my show. I know you have a lot of expertise you could share. We are limited on our time, but thanks for sharing with us what you did so far today. Thank you, Candy. It's been my pleasure. And I want to thank the listeners also for tuning into the show today. I hope you found this topic interesting and that answered a few of the questions you have about cash control, knowing your numbers, protecting your business, and growing for the future. Again, if you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to to Tracy through LinkedIn. Or, of course, you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And remember that my staff and I are ready to help you with your bookkeeping, payroll, and any advisory needs that you may have. And please remember, you can find us also on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And our website is www.abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I would really appreciate your support. I hope you can join us next week for another great topic that we will be sharing with you. 
And if you have any questions or comments, again, you can reach out to us at media at abandp.com. Please remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.